0: So we are continuing a series called Red Light. I shortened it. It was red light, green light. Now it's just red light because I'm flexible like that. But uh, my goal with this series is to expose some habits that are stopping us from entering into the abundant life we've been created for. Those are the red lights. And then redirect our thoughts and our beliefs that, that will, and as we do that, it'll launch us forward, stepping into the green lights that God has provided. So life and death are set before you. Red lights and green lights are set before you. Which one are you gonna choose? You have the power. Those, those the, the life that you were created for, the life that you desire, the life that, that you just wanna live is not going to happen automatically. She's listening to me live while I'm literally five feet in front of her, it's cool. Thank you for sharing our messages on social media. Share it with your friends, family, your enemies. Life and death are set before you, choose one. And by not being intentional, we are by default choosing death. By not acting on what we know to be true which should come as an effortless flow. If you really believe something, you'll act on it. And I think a lot of times in the church, we say all the right things and repeat a lot of things. And we say a lot of the Christianese words like righteousness and holiness and blameless and all these things, but we don't really have a personal relationship with what we're saying. So we're saying, even though we're saying the right words, we're not experiencing the benefits of what those words mean because we're just, saying what good little Christians are supposed to say. And I don't want that for us. I want more than that. This should be an experience in our life. This, there should be the, the substance to the things hoped for and the evidence to the things not seen. So don't. we got to quit just repeating things without giving it much thought. That's just a vain repetition. There's no fruit to it. And it's just a waste of time, to be honest with you. We're, gonna go, we're starting great this morning, I see. But uh, Oh, before I forget, this is totally off. I mentioned the rain. I don't think it's gonna rain during service, but we are so thankful for this building, but it is not without its imperfections. And that seat right there, you will get wet and I will get wet. So I'm just saying you might wanna move and I'll slide this way if we start getting rain. Or we'll have a baptism service and we'll just line up and stand under this. They're working on it slowly. Anyway, what was I saying? Life and death are set before you Red lights, green lights, let's choose one. Last week we, we started talking about, the, in John 10:10 10, 10, how he says that the thief has come only to steal, kill, and destroy, and I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I'm not, I could easily get stuck here, but I'm not going to, I'm just gonna fly through it. If you want a, a slower version of this, just go to our website, gracelifeonline.com and watch that one. But. Uh, I've used this verse a ton because it's, we need to first correct our view of God, that he's not the one who's stealing, killing, and destroying. He's not the behind the pain in your life. He's not, he's not the bad guy. There's a thief that has come to steal, kill and destroy. And in context, which I'm not gonna go there right now, but the thief, we like to point the fingers and say, oh, the devil is after me and he's come to steal, kill and destroy. But the context, if you go to John, the beginning of chapter 10, it says that it is a religious belief system that is stealing, killing, and destroying you. He calls the religious Pharisees of that time, thieves and robbers. And then he follows it up by saying, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. And that's important because that that takes this this, uh, perception that, oh, the devil's really after me today and he's a persistent fella and all that and pushing blame off on the red man with a pitchfork and saying, you know what, maybe it's a religious mindset, a religious belief system that's actually stealing, killing and destroying. A religious mindset just means that you have to to follow a bunch of rules or earn up uh, all your good works, pile them up and present them to God and say, here's my righteousness, ain't I grand? (laughs) And he says, nah, man, that's not good. Take mine, use mine. That's that's the mindset we have to have. So it's not our good works. It's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness that has been given to us through Christ. And with that mentality, we'll start to step into a life, uh, the life that he's come to give us. A life, but not just that life, but an abundant life. And just quickly, the word for life there is zoe. And it means life to its fullest. And we could honestly just stop there. He came to give us life to its fullest. And that's pretty cool. Amen? (laughs) But he doesn't stop there. He says, and that they have it more abundantly. And I'm going to fly through this, but that, that word abundantly is parisos in Greek, and it means in, a, in the sense of beyond, super abundant, and quantity, and superior, and quality. That means it's inside and outside. In quality, I feel better, I'm, I have a better attitude, I have a, an expectant heart, but not just that, it doesn't stop with this feel-good spiritual thing. <laughs> I'm a good public speaker. Um, is is quantity it's it's an abundance in every area of your life so yes it's abundant peace and joy and a, an abundant expectation on life but then there's something on the outside the outside outside starts to reflect what's inside and i think some of us we have a, a certain mentality of uh, a very high view of ourselves and that we can accomplish some things. And if you have that type of mentality, you may have been able to experience some really great things on the outside, but it's still gonna be limited. Whenever you can renew your mind to who you are and whose you are, it just begins to flow out of you. You start to move through life differently, the quality of your life changes and the quantity of what you're expecting. And I'm not saying everyone in this room will just become a multi multi multi-millionaire, but, what, but prosperity can mean something different to each and every individual in this room. Some people, maybe that's it. Other people, maybe your definition of prosperity is completely different. But the kingdom starts with joy. Kingdom living on earth as it is in heaven just starts with joy. So you got to be real with yourself. Am I joyful? Do I like life? Am I looking forward to the day each and every day? Do I like my life? Joy coming from the inside. That's that contentment we've talked about. But the, the, that definition continues. It says excessive, exceedingly, abundantly, above, more abundantly, advantage, exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, more superfluous. I've been working even harder on that word. I stay up all night. Superfluous. Superfluous. Is that right? And that means, we've got to look at all this stuff, but it means unnecessary, especially being more than enough. Unnecessarily super abundant, incredible, fantastic life. That's what God wants for you and has provided a green light for. And some people say that's just hokey pokey. That's not, that's not what God wants for you. Things are supposed to be difficult. He's gonna throw stumbling blocks in your way to help you grow. And he's gonna withhold from you until you become whatever it is you think you're supposed to become. But that couldn't be further from the truth. He has provided everything you need for life and godliness. Everything. He, the green light is set. And then many times what we will do is we start to throw the stumbling blocks in the way through unbelief, small thinking, inactivity, a number of different things can keep us from going down that that highway of life with all green lights. So the the red lights that we're talking about are self inflicted. Now, just because he's opened up this paveway doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen to you. Let's say we we work on everything we're talking about in this series, and you're killing it. Does that mean nothing bad will ever happen to you again? Of course not. Stuff happens. Stuff that is out of your control. Bad things happen to good people sometimes. And maybe you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe someone in your life is trying to climb the ladder and they're, they're gonna run over everybody in their path. I mean, there's, there's numerous outside red lights that could affect you. But if we can work on the ones that we are causing the self-inflicted, self-induced red lights in our life, we'll be able to handle those differently. We won't waste all our energy on the self-inflicted stuff, and then whenever the unintentional, unintended red lights happen, we'll be able to just move right through them with, with so much less effort, and life is so much better that way. But I think we, we are shooting ourselves in the foot Many times we're expending a lot of energy on things that really are not that important, not that big a deal and really simple to get over. But we don't even realize it because we live in a society that's just negative and and fearful of everything and divisive because that's that's what sells. That's what motivates people to vote a certain way or to buy certain things. Fear and division. I don't want to I don't want to live that life. I want to be able to live in this Western society, but not be boxed in by what this society tells me is supposed to bring me happiness and joy and fulfillment. I want to live here, but not be boxed in. Anybody else? Just, I mean, we got to realize it's impossible for us to. We're going to be influenced one way or another. I saw a study this week about uh, they took 100 people just randomly on the street and they handed them a uh, uh, 50 of them, they, handed, they said I, they're gonna tie their shoe and they handed them a cold cup of coffee, an iced coffee. And they said, Will you hold this for just a second. And they tied their shoe and then they uh, took the coffee back and moved on. 30 minutes and then the other 50, they gave them a hot cup of coffee and did the same thing. About 30 minutes later, they all pulled those people aside and they told them a story, just a quick short story and they, they asked them, how they perceived the main character of that story. And the ones, all, uh, I think it was not all, but like 86% of the people who held the cold cup of coffee described the main character as heartless and distant. But the the ones that held the hot cup of coffee is in the high 80 percentile, said it was warm and welcoming. Same story, but those outside factors influenced how they perceived the main character of that story. And I don't know if it's possible for us to completely keep that from happening, but knowing that we are influenced by our surroundings, at least having that at the forefront of our mind and being consciously aware of these things, I think will help us prevent a lot of that, being told what's gonna bring us joy and fulfillment and living the American dream when we're more depressed as a society than we've ever been. God wants you to be unnecessarily blessed, not because you deserve it, just because you're his kid. You don't need a reason. We always wanna say, oh, I'm just blessed to be a blessing, brother. Sister, I'm just blessed to be a blessing. No, you're just you're blessed because you're a child of God and full stop, that's all, that's it. And then hopefully your, your heart is to give and I'm not, I'm not saying don't give, I'm just saying, does God need a reason to bless his kids? Do you need a reason to bless your kids? Sometimes you just bless your kids because they're your kids. Ephesians 3.20, this is not amplified. I, I shared a different version last week, but it says, now to him, by in consequence of the action of his power that is w- at work within us, within us, not outside in, but out, inside out, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So how much of this abundant life that he's created for us are we qualified for or deserving of? Super abundantly, far above, above all that we dare ask, think infinitely beyond. That means if you can think it right now, there's more. Just when life doesn't seem to get any better, just wait, there's more. That that means if you can pray for it, there's more. If you can desire it, there's more. If you can think it, hope it, dream it, there's always more. And that should be something we are so excited about. That, That should make us look at life with this excitement and say, okay, I'm not there, but man i have all this that's available to me i can't wait to discover more of what god has and that's what we're going to do the rest of our life the purpose of this life is this life not holding on until the next life not waiting until heaven and what a day of rejoicing that'll be no we should be rejoicing right now we should be experiencing these things right now and it never ends never ends are y'all excited about this i I'm excited about this. So please, I'm not going to do that to y'all this week. The kingdom of God starts with joy. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We talked a bit about this on Wednesday night. If you're not coming to Wednesday night, six o'clock right here in a circle. It's kind of like an AA meeting. We sit in a circle and we just talk and it's great. But I, I, I use... I'm still, I catch myself saying it, but I used to say the kingdom of God starts with happiness. Are you happy? And there's an element of truth to that, but I'm, I'm trying to change how I say it because it's, it's not, happiness is a, a response to the outside. So when something happens to you, then you're happy. But joy comes from within. So, so it's not necessarily finding happiness in, in your circumstances, it's finding joy from within. So I'm, I'm joyful regardless. This could all change or this could all sit and never change, but it doesn't affect my joy. I might still have the same people in my life, the same job, everything's the same, the same amount of money, whatever it might be. and That might never change. And it doesn't affect my joy because I'm not a, dependent on the outside for my happiness. I'm dependent on the spirit of God that's on the inside of me. And that is full of joy and righteousness and peace. Man, that's good. Amen, brother. All right, let's go. Again, sometimes regardless of what you do, you will hit some red lights. They have nothing to do with anything you did right or wrong. It's just part of living in this world. Haters gonna hate. They're gonna hate you because they ain't you. They're gonna come against you. Just part of this world. Sometimes uh, somebody might get behind a wheel after too many drinks and destroy a family's life stuff like that happens but if we're hung up on all these little nitpicky red lights we're not going to be able to handle that at all we're going to be destroyed by it you will face unexpected red lights so these are self-inflicted red lights if we can at least stop the self-inflicted and self-imposed then we will have the ability to face the unplanned and unforeseen if we can at least stop the self-inflicted and self-imposed, then we will have the ability to face the unplanned or unforeseen. John 16, in the Amplified says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Trials, tribulations will happen, but it doesn't have to derail everything. Life is hard sometimes. It's a lot harder if we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. In other words, knowing what you know, knowing who he is, knowing what he's done, knowing as he is, so are you in this world, the unforeseen circumstances that you face will have no power to harm you. And by acknowledging and handling the self-imposed red lights, we will stop shooting ourselves in the foot and live a life of purpose. So, that was a recap, good? (laughs) All right. In this series, I'm uh, taking a little different approach. Last week, we started it. We did three red lights, but this is rather than telling you how amazing you all are and how great your life could potentially be, which is what I just did, I wanna tell you how you're messing up. (laughs) It's good news. No, we'll turn it around. It'll be positive, but it's, so rather than how to live your best life, we're talking about how to live your worst life. And some of us could get up here and just stand in line and preach a really great message about this. We're already, a lot of us are doing this. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at us. All of us are doing these things. Uh, And and so, last week, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm not going to get sidetracked. But last week, we talked about the first three. If you want to live your worst life, y'all remember? Oh, man. Say it. Be unteachable. Complain. Be complacent. Go watch last week was really good. Really good. All right. So we'll just jump into this. If we can learn to take care of when we do the small things well, it'll set us up to do the big things well. So let's not get hung up on these small things. These are easy fixes, but we're so used to doing them. We don't even realize we're doing them. Let's just acknowledge them, fix it and move on. Easy peasy. Red light number four. Drum roll, please. Have a victim mentality. We're starting heavy. We're starting heavy today. It'll be all right. I'll start so we can end on a higher note. My plan is to kind of, my, it's not to offend you, but it's not to like, let's, let's touch some nerves. We'll call it, we'll say that, you know, like oh, we're gonna touch them? Have a victim mentality. A victim mentality is a state of mind in which a person feels as if the world is against them. Feeling powerless in a sense of no control, blaming others for all your problems. A psychological profile of someone with a victim mentality includes a variety of feelings such as a pervasive sense of helplessness, passivity, loss of control, pessimism, Negative thinking, strong feelings of guilt and shame, self-blame and depression. I think probably all of us have some sort of victim mentality somewhere. I mean, I, I fall into like half of those. <laughs> some of you are like, not me. And that means especially you. Being a victim and having a victim mentality are not the same thing. I'm not telling you to deny what's happened to you. Stuff happens. We're not living in denial. That's not faith. We, can't, we don't have to avoid saying certain words because that's speaking out of faith. That's incredibly unhealthy and incredibly damaging. You don't avoid it. You hit it head on and you magnify the truth over what you're going through. I am going through this. This has happened to me, but I have the power of God on the inside of me, I'm not alone in this fight. Ignoring the problem causes more problems. A victim is a person harmed, injured, or killed as a result of a crime, accident, or other event or action. That's a victim. That's legit. Exam- ex- Examples of victims are someone in a car accident, a hurricane destroying your home, child abuse, sexual assault, emotional abuse. And I mean, the list can go on and on. We're not denying what's going on in those situations, but having a victim mentality is choosing to live with a way of thinking or believing that causes a person to stay stuck. That's a choice. And you could be a victim who doesn't have a victim mentality. You don't have to let the things that have happened to you dictate the whole direction of your life. Now, some, some of those things are easier than others. And some, are, some of our personalities will handle what has happened to us differently. But we don't have to say, just because this happened to me, that's how my life has to look right now. I could do that with, I mean, a number of different things. But what comes to mind right now is I was in the army for seven years and deployments. And I've seen people at their absolute worst. I've seen horrific things happen right in front of me. And I could take this and say, I've seen some stuff. I've seen things that people should never have to see. And it's messed me up. I'm destined to have issues. I'm destined to have post-traumatic stress and depression and and addictions. That's just how it is. It makes sense. And to, to ignore that would be denial. But now I've I've got this new revelation, this understanding that I am powerful. I am powerful. And I don't have to let what's happened to me change my future. I know a lot of people and me, I went through the exact same circumstances that they did and our lives have gone completely different directions because I chose green lights. They chose red lights. And the problem is they didn't even know that green lights were were an option. And that's where we come in, right? James one, verse two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So you can look at these trials and tribulations that happen to you as defeat or you can look at them as opportunity for growth. You have a choice, red light or green light. And the trials that take place are not caused by God. Let me say that right now. He actually, I'm just gonna side, I, I pulled this up, I didn't know if I'd say it but during worship, but in uh, verse 13, same chapter, let no one say when he's tempted. That word tempted is also, it also means tested. So we think that God will throw temptations and tests in our path to, to teach us something. But it says, let no one say when he's tempted or tested, I am tempted or tested by God. For God cannot be tempted by, or tested by evil, nor does he himself tempt or test anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. God's not the one that's throwing these red lights in your path. Stop blaming him. When you blame God for all the issues, then you're not gonna involve him. He's the one that caused it. Why would you involve your abuser? That's That's a presentation of God that much of the church world gives present as God is this old angry white man in a big white throne with a big white lightning bolt ready to strike you down the second you do anything fun. (laughs) It's we're we're what's that painting? Michelangelo's is it? The Sistine Chapel? Is it Michelangelo? That's our view of God. Some old dead guy that painted something on a ceiling. It's beautiful. But that's we get this Picture of God is that, and that's not who God is. God is love. We can count it all joy when we fall into various trials. That means that normally a trial, we're counting. Math, I'm not very good at math, but I think I can handle this one. Trials plus tribulation typically equal destruction. PTSD, depression, bad attitude, negativity, poverty, sickness, pain. Whatever it might be, this negative situation plus a negative situation equals a lifetime of destruction. But he says trials plus tribulation can always equal joy. Why? Because we're not, put, we're not dependent on this to find it. It comes from within. You can still count it all joy even though none of that has changed. Trials, tribulations are going to happen to you. They're going to happen. I, I'm, that's not me speaking out of faith, that's a reality because as long as we're lying to ourselves and saying, just believe God, brother, then when something happens, it's just we fall apart. I've seen it countless times. Why? Why why are we capable of this? It says, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse three, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Regular old humans out there just living life who don't know what we know, don't know who they are and the power they possess and that they're not alone. They are reactionary. We just respond. Bad things happen, we respond. Good things happen, we respond. And we're just wishy-washy blown all over the place. But we don't wage war as mere humans. You're not human, you're superhuman. So are they, they just don't know it. Next verse. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We know who we are. No matter what your background looks like, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what your gender is, Paul says in in Galatians 3, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if that's true, If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You're an heir to the promise. You're born into it, and that inheritance is for your life right now. You don't need an inheritance when you die. You get it after someone else dies. That old man is dead. Christ died and rose again, and now you get to experience the benefits of this relationship. Why in the world are we living like the rest of the world when we know these things? We shouldn't be living. We shouldn't be this reactionary people. We're better than that. And now you don't have an excuse, because I just told you. Your starting place is victory. You're not trying to attain victory. You're not a victim of your circumstances. You're not a victim of all the people coming against you. Your starting place is victory. We have to dump the victim mentality. Unless, of course, You want to live your worst life now. In that case, keep blaming the world and everyone else for your problems. Amen. Red light number five. Drum roll. That's so fun. All right. Be fear-driven. Be fear-driven. If you want to live your worst life now, base all your decisions or lack of decisions on fear, fear of death, fear of rejection, fear of, fear of failure, fear of uncertainty or losing control, fear of getting hurt, fear of being judged. All of these are examples of fear that will keep you from stepping into your God-given purpose. Again, I fall, I, at least I'm getting over some of these, but I've, I've fallen into these, especially with my poor self-image, my low self-esteem. I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was Ryan, but I, I was thinking about when we were starting this church. This is so ridiculous. I was, but I was terrified, first, of this, knowing me, doing this. <laughs> but uh, even the practical stuff, looking for a location. So I think there's one or two of you left. We scared most of the mobile church folks off when we were setting up in... <laughs> In cafeterias but we've been in we were in three different school cafeterias before we got to this building but looking for one just calling i was terrified to pick up the phone and just ask movie theaters restaurants whatever we just needed a place and i was so scared to just pick up the phone and say hey do you have space available for sunday morning for just a few hours i was terrified like, what's going to happen? They're going to kill me? It's like, or just, no, how, what, what kind of question is that, you idiot? Why would you, and then just like berate me on the phone and I just cry? I mean, it's just unrealistic. I mean, that's, that's literally, I was so terrified just to pick up the phone and call and ask a question. And then I was, I, would, I wrote it down. Before I called the Magnolia Independent School District, I wrote down a script so I could just read it sweating in my living room is stupid that's my point it's stupid fear of being judged fear of failure i don't know it was, but it was all i mean i was projecting myself into something that hadn't even happened yet and that's what furry furry that's fear and worry if you were wondering don't be furry that's next series Fear and worry, I will never be able to say those two words together in front of any of you. Fear and worry are just projecting yourself into some hypothetical situation. Should we wait for Lindsay to gather herself? (laughs) That's all any of you are going to get from this message. I already know. Furry. (laughs) Up here dropping dimes and y'all are hung up on that. All right. Fear, I'm moving on. Fear is false evidence appearing real. It's projecting yourself into a hypothetical, hypothetical situation with no real facts. And it manifests itself in worry, doubt, guilt, anxiety, stress, and it's, it's illogical. It's illogical. Think of the things that you are so worried about, the things that are keeping you where you are. Is it really logical thinking? No, it's not. Sometimes I answer for y'all, but it's, 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 it's illogical. I mean, something, that was a silly example, but even if it is something big and you have to step into it, if you really know what we talk about on a regular basis here, if you really got that, even in those really terrible situations, you would have the confidence to step into it with boldness and courage because you're not alone. You are You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have all, all, everything that you need to pursue whatever it is you need to pursue. That's within you. So if you're stuck, if you're afraid to step into it, I would have to question if you really believe what God says about you. I would would assume that it's, it's stuck up here. And you're using this logic to that can't be true because of this, or I know my deepest, darkest whatevers, and and I know what I've done, I know what my past looks like, I know what my present looks like, and we start to talk ourselves out of what God says about us, because we are living from the outside. But your spirit is perfect. Everything you need is within you, and Christ dwells in every cell of your body. Why are we just getting knocked around by life? Why are we too afraid to step into something? Whenever we were gonna even, not, not just start the church, way before that, I was going to college and I, I was in a bachelor's program and I was getting into health administration. I had this big plan, gonna make tons of money. Now, because of all y'all, I'm poor. No, um, <laughs> we're not in this for money. <laughs> but the, <laughs> that was a joke. I'm sorry, I should have said that. Um, so I was in this program going to college taking all these courses and then I this this ministry speaking thing came up on the inside of me it started to become real to me and and uh that means I have to drop out of this bachelor's program and abandon this 10-year plan that we had in order for me to go in in into ministry go to bible college and then I don't know what's gonna come of it. I didn't know I was gonna direct a Bible college. I didn't know I was gonna start a church. I just knew the next step was pursue this avenue over here. But not only was that scary, so was telling all my friends and family. Because what are they gonna think about me? Like I'm some holy roller now? Because I'm not, I'm not that guy, I'm still not that guy. I wanna take these truths and apply them in a, a real way I'm not this holier than now, holy-roller guy, hyper-spiritual guy, you know, and, and it's like now, and I have a plan, and now I'm just supposed to trust God, and I can't see the future, and I don't know what's going to come of it. That was scary, but here we are, killing it, haven't arrived, but we've left god says isaiah 41 fear not as the amplified i love it there's nothing to fear for i am with you don't look around you in terror and be dismayed some of us need to print this out and just hang it up all over the house don't look around you in terror and be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen and harden you to difficulties yes i will help you Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. Isn't that good news? Man, you, you're not going to fail. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. But every opportunity, every failure, if perceived failure, is just an opportunity to learn. So you do better next time. No big deal. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Can I get an Amen. Step out into the unknown. He's not gonna let you down. Unless, of course, you wanna live your worst life now. Then just don't move. Be too afraid to step out. Don't do anything. Ignore everything I just said. Stay frozen in place because it's just too scary to do something new. Red light number six. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Take life too seriously. Take life too seriously. If you want to live your worst life now, be strict with yourself and others. Never have fun. Don't joke around. Don't make time to unwind. Just be a big old stick in the mud. I'm not telling you, you have to be as hilarious as me. (laughs) See, you laughed at me not being funny. I have a joke. You want to hear a joke? I used to hate mustaches, but then it grew on me. See, you don't have to be as hilarious as me, but do y'all like the mustache or not? Who, who likes it? (laughs) Shouldn't ask that. I don't have a lot of options here. It's here or here. That's it. Thanks you three. I really appreciate that. Anyway, take life too seriously. If you want to live your worst life now. Find ways to be present. You got to make time for things. I, I I think I have a pretty great life. I'm really happy with it. I love the daily routine that I have. I love coming up here. I love talking to many of you. I love uh, preparing and, and studying and all the stuff that goes on. Not so much the bills and the, the stuff that people don't teach you in Bible college about running a church, but the, the other stuff is cool. Anyway, I, I have a great life. I'm pretty happy with it. And so I never thought I needed, needed to take a break or do anything. And, and my pastor, he's on our legal board, our pastor from Colorado. And he said, I am, I'm telling you, we need to put this in the minutes in our, our meeting, board meeting, you need to take one Sunday off a quarter. And I've never done that. And, and he made me do it. So I went on a camping trip one summer, or one fall a couple of years ago. And I, I didn't, I mean, I wanted to go, but I wasn't, I didn't need a break, I felt pretty good. And I went, and my dad and my uncle and I went up to Lake Superior, beautiful, beautiful, everything was All the leaves were changing. Saw a lighthouse. I love lighthouses. And uh, anyway, I went up and it was just this time of refreshing and renewing. And I came back like this new creation. I felt amazing. And I even know I needed a break. But I had to make time to do it. And thankfully, I have someone in my life that's telling me, take a break. You don't even realize how stressed you are until you are intentional with go on a trip. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could just be to, you know down there I don't know but uh- <laughs> but being intentional with those things taking time for yourself if you're married go on a date night every now and then just do be intentional with your time and and lighten up because I'm the type that I can just just put my I have a goal I'm gonna reach the goal and nothing I don't want anything to distract me until that's done and and then there's no fun at it I try to joke around and stuff but just life it's it's a grind and we're kind of in a society right now where it's a, a, a hustle culture where it's just like kill it get out out there and chase your dreams and don't don't get all this stuff and yes I'm, I'm all about that but man we gotta just chill for a second because happiness and joy doesn't reside out there it should be right here today in in the present enjoying today I read this quote tomorrow is a mystery yesterday is history today is a gift that's why they call it a present that's why it's called present I don't know who said that To be honest, I got it from Kung Fu Panda. But I don't think they made it up. I think it was. Tomorrow is a mystery, yesterday is history, today's a gift, that's why it's called present. The point of this life is the journey, to enjoy it. You're put on this planet for what you're living right now. Some of you are like, really? Uh, That's what we're fixing here. I, and and I think of Jesus, everyone thinks of Jesus as just like a glowing, in a glowing white robe, hovering about an inch and a half to two inches over the ground. His feet never really touched the ground. And he's just like, this is God with a bod, right? So he's like, Woo, and going. And then the disciples are sitting there. And he's like, come with me. And they just like float up and they just line up behind him. And it's this, this really big deal. And, but Jesus was a man, a real man that had a real life and a real job and real friends and and it says that he was a friend of sinners, so if he was like this very, I'm very serious and I've come here for a purpose and nothing will, uh, I'm just here to, free, do this, <laughs> die on a cross and be resurrected. No, he was a friend of sinners. He was cool. He was a cool dude. He hung out with people. He enjoyed life. People. he, he had this attractive personality and it wasn't because, he was just this boring, lame sauce of a human. And God didn't give the fruit of joy if we weren't meant, you know, to be joyful. (laughs) This is like, I'm telling you, but sometimes we're just like dull when life should be great. Ecclesiastes 3, Starting in verse 11 says, "'Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. "'He has planted eternity in the human heart.'" Mmm. planted eternity in the human heart. Even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to end. So I concluded, there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. It's very good that that deserves more time but we don't have it but this is the journey eternities in the human heart and we can't see the whole scope of it and that's the point to continuously pursue that thing that life and and not not be this discontent and upset with where you currently are but always knowing that there's super abundantly more unnecessarily more and keep moving into it this should be exciting not daunting It shouldn't look like Mount Everest sitting in front of us, it's it's this exciting opportunity. This life is an adventure that we get to look forward to. That's what we're created for. You were created for such a time as this. How are we treating it? How are we handling it? Lighten up. (laughs) Have fun. Unless, of course, you wanna live your worst life now then take life too seriously. Is this okay? That was six. That was six of them. (laughs) You were made on purpose for a purpose, something greater than life as usual. This is a time of self-reflection. Which ones spoke to you, all six? If, if none of them spoke to you, we have some, I'm, I'll clear my schedule and we'll have a conversation. I'm hoping that something in here just touched on something. Maybe all of them spoke to you and that's good. This isn't a time to, to, to have, you know, beat yourself up and condemn yourself and feel guilty for not, for wasting so much time. Right now, there's the saying, when is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. The second best time, today. Start today. Ain't no thing. You were made on purpose for a purpose. Acknowledge these red lights that are keeping you from that. Have a victim mentality, being fear driven, taking life too seriously are all gonna keep you from living your best life now. Learn, or let's turn these red lights green and step into the unnecessarily super abundant life we were all created for, amen?